All right, everybody, what is going on? This is the Painless Flipping Podcast, Investor Thrive Nation. If you haven't tuned in before, the reason why we do this podcast is so you don't have to go through the pain of learning how to get into real estate all by yourself. We bring on experts, and I have my man here, Chris Cates. How you doing, brother? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure having you. That You had me on your Facebook group, which uh, we can give you, we can have you do a shout out so everyone from my group, whoever's watching this, can go to yours. But uh, thanks for having me on there. We got you on there here today to talk about how you got your first deal of $10,000 that you ended up splitting and where you're at right now. So let's start off and talk about, well, first of all, introduce yourself, give us a quick intro, and then we'll talk about that first deal. Yeah. So uh, Chris Cates, uh, I, I made my main exit strategy is wholesaling today. And I go direct to homeowners, specialize in foreclosures. We're on track to do about 1.5 million and uh, started off about three and a half years ago and start off with that 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 one deal right so dang i love it so okay three and a half years ago what were you doing before you got into real estate so i was in uh commercial construction i was a general contractor for a top 30 gc in the nation just orchestrated projects so yeah did that help you at all when you got into uh real estate and wholesaling oh it helped it helped me a ton uh like I mean, like, there's nothing that was scary to me about construction and single family homes. They like compared to commercial buildings, they're kind of cute. So, That's <laughs> you true. Know? but uh, yeah, it, it it translated very well. So, okay. But, That's yeah. awesome. Well, so let's talk about that first deal. So, you came from the construction background. Now it's time to get in your hands dirty. How did you get your hands dirty? How'd you get that first deal of 10K? Yeah, so I, I didn't like the growth trajectory that was was happening in my in my primary business and how like it was you know you knew it was a pretty slow pace when you're working a W two right so you know I started text marketing and you know within three weeks uh, I had someone that you know had positive connectivity and just walked him through my list of questions and it was actually two plots of land that were side by side each one was so narrow that they they could only be sold by as a double right, right. and uh, we you know I put that under contract for maybe around 20 grand sold them for around sold them for around 30 grand um, I had a dispo partner somebody that I'd been collaborating with that helped sell the deal on the back end too so right. yeah. Do you feel like that's a, a way that a lot of people start is maybe they find the deal and then they have someone help on the dispo side like help sell the deal yeah I you know to be honest it's pretty overwhelming to do it all at one time by yourself and learn both sides of things like it's almost like like when you're doing it for a while, like for us, it takes a team, right? So to build it out, like it's hard to have your hats in all these different places, particularly when you're learning, right? If right. you're learning acquisitions, how to build all that, and it's like, oh, now I have to learn how to assign it and do dispositions. It's a lot at one time, right? So I was really fortunate to have somebody in my corner to help kind of sell the deal too. So yeah, no, I agree. And that's why like, as you know, my strategy, I tell people to kind of start at least with like a couple buyers to know what they want. So it's easy at that point, if you find a deal to just give it to them, right? Because if you don't, you just do acquisitions, and you kind of like, well, now I have seven days due diligence or four or 10 or 15 to find someone, it can be a really stressful thing to like try and figure it all out yourself. Because you don't really even think about that portion when you're doing acquisitions, you're like, let me just find a deal. And then once you do it, then you're like, oh, shoot, I have like little to no time to move this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good problem to have at the end of the day when you get to that step. But it is a, a stressful situation, too, to not have 
an exit strategy for the next step, you know? So, but yeah, and, and like you're telling people, just find a couple buyers because it's very easy to get scatterbrained and focus in 15 different directions and not be definitive. And that's when you lose the most momentum in what you're trying to accomplish, right? A hundred percent. Like, for example, I was just on a, uh, like a coaching call, if you want to say, like, uh, before we hopped on and this one guy, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, this is something that happens to all of us. So he's like hey man do you know how to wholesale businesses yeah that was this question on this call about wholesaling and i was like no i i mean no no why why are you asking that and he's like well i have a laundry mat that i think might be a good option to wholesale and i'm like bro you you're talking about wholesaling businesses and you you know you got to stay focused on your uh your wholesale business and he's like um but dude i don't want to miss out on this opportunity right like i want to make money any way i can so does that sound familiar, bro? Like how many people you talked to or in the beginning, you like looked at everything. You're like, well, I, I got to do this and this. And it just really can distract you from being successful. And myself, man, when you first start, like, it's almost like you're like finally off leash and you realize you're in opportunity land and then you get the shiny object syndrome, right? And nothing can kill uh, success faster than seeking 15 things at one time. Right. Uh, there's a quote, somebody that I, 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 I'm, close with says the, the man who chases uh like two squirrels will catch neither or yeah, something like yeah. that yeah and it's a so, rush but and that's that's really what it is at the end of the day because i mean yeah he's in the wholesaling industry but a business like that's a different it's just a different beast and mm -hmm. you you have to be focused on even on that there's people that make that their thing right all right. they're doing is wholesaling businesses yeah it's a it's a good point so when I bring that up, that makes you smile because you're like, yeah, I get that, you know, that we all like this was one of, one of my Achilles heels in this business is was like people bringing me opportunities from all over the United States. Like people would be like, hey, I have a great deal. Like one guy called me today. He's like, hey, I have a deal in Tennessee. Could you help me out? And I know how to wholesale deals anywhere in the United States because I know how to find buyers. But that stops momentum. You got to say no to some certain opportunities just because it will stop you from using your time in you know, where, where I specifically focus. So even something like that can, can kill success and momentum. Yeah, absolutely. Staying focused on a, on a market or specific markets that, you know, can like burn and turn quick and you have good roots. Right. And so that, that's the thing with wholesaling too. Like you can get momentum in a County or, and then you don't realize, you know, you go three counties over and you got a different pool of everybody there, you know, your buyer. Really do everything so it's not something that's necessarily easy copy paste so exactly so let's let's talk about so you did your first deal is there anything memorable about that deal you would you like to talk about like uh you know you found on text messaging he disposed anything that happened that you want to talk about before we hop into what you're doing now well it was it was surprisingly easy like it, it felt like i was cheating and stealing because of how easy the entire deal was and right. I know you don't typically hear that but like for me I did a lot of research I you know I listened to wholesaling ink podcast for like 6 months before I started made sure I was prepared and everything and then it just it just happened you know I got a deal under contract I was like is this for real like like yeah. is this really going to close like this isn't going to happen and then I got you know, five grand, which is huge for someone that's just on fixed W two income, right? Um, so it was pretty cool. Like the the guy, the like it required its negotiations and a lot of uh, you know other components, but you know it, it all wor works out in the end. So love it, love it. Yeah. So tell us. So you went from doing your first deal for ten k that you split uh, three and a half years ago. Now 
you figure out this awesome niche of working with sellers that are going to lose their home in foreclosure, correct? Yeah. Tell us about how you found that and, you know, tell us about how everything's going. Let, let the listeners know um, kind of what the business looks like. Yeah, it's going really well. Like we we always did a kind of more mass marketing approach and we never focused on a specific population or group of people. And we found that for this, like, like we really enjoyed stopping foreclosures for homeowners and just being that uh, conduit for for people to to have a different situation than the worst case scenario, right? And so we saw that and we've recently kind of made that our thing where that's all we focus on. And so we, we cut off everything else, completely cut ourselves off from other marketing methods. And it wasn't easy because it's, it's nice to have your hand in so many pots and that works for some organizations. But for us, we just realized we wanted to be kind of the specialists and and, and create that help in that with the with the market and where it's at right now. So yeah, you're really providing value, right? Like you really feel like when you call reach out to someone that's in pre foreclosure about to lose their house, like hey, I'm the expert. I can help you out. I can help you keep this house. I can help you. You know, whatever you uh, options you give them. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you're uh, like my, our acquisitions guy right now. He, he, we talk a few times a day, and he's emotional support for all of these homeowners. And it, you know, I smile, but at the same time, it's it's very impactful because they are kind of living on an island, and they've kind of kind of given up hope, right? And so we're able to kind of create that for them. So. <laughs> That's amazing. So let's talk about how you find these opportunities. I'm curious, are you just getting the list from, you know, paid service? Are you going to the county? And then how are you reaching out to these, uh, these leads? The county has the list. And we reach out same way we always reach out by uh, text and phone call and uh, sometimes even door knocking. And we are just trying to shake the tree and ruffle feathers and talk to a decision maker at the end of the day. So, And how's the reception? How do they receive you usually? Mixed feelings. Uh, but if someone truly believes we're here to help them and that's that's our primary purpose which obviously we make money but motives align there uh, mm-hmm. where you know we're able to uh, stop a foreclosure from going on the record and possibly even clean up their credit right which yeah. is huge and they get to walk away with money in their pocket instead of just losing everything they've owned then you know we're able to sometimes break down barriers there and help people understand that we're all kind of sitting on the same page so I love that. So when you reach out to them, do they say in defense, defense, like I'm not selling? Is that like one of their things you have to overcome? Or do you work with the people that are like, yes, I need to move. There's something going on. Yeah, we know they're not selling. (laughs) That's pretty clear. We don't call them sellers. We call them homeowners. That's a big difference than than traditional, right? Right. And so, um, you know, we, we don't ask if they're willing to sell. We say, hey, we know your home's in foreclosure and we can help. Okay. So you just straight up say, and I, cause I know a lot of people when it comes to doing this for a while, like they don't sometimes don't even want to bring it up. Right. They just act like, Oh, I was just calling you. You're on my list or, uh, you know, they don't bring it up. So you bring it, you straight up, bring it up. Oh yeah. I mean, it's an elephant in the room. And if they, they deny it, we say, okay, did you, uh, so did you pay off the lender? Because we see a case number right here. So (laughs) yeah. You're so, straight up about it. Do you yeah. try to approach them and say like, hey, I'm, I might be able to help you stay in the house or is it mainly like, hey, we can stop the, for, the foreclosure from happening? How does it work? 
we say we don't know. I mean, we're completely honest, but 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 a lot of times that's what they say, right? We just, I just want to stay in the house, and it's like, okay, well, we need the facts. We need we need a lot of information to be able to know whether that's that's possible or not, and uh, that that could be possible. Uh, but but ninety nine times out of a hundred, we already know that they can't pay their mortgage, so they probably can't pay their rent, and they need money to move out, right? And sometimes they can't pay their rent, but Sometimes they need a lesser amount, you know, for a monthly rent too. And then the other factor is nine nine times out of hundred, we wouldn't be comfortable keeping in the pro- them in the property with the condition that it's in while we own it. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah. If you're gonna buy it, I don't think as you suggest that they keep it. Yeah. Enough. If they want to keep it, then you know potentially that you'd have to figure out how you could get them to catch the loan up. But you're not gonna buy it and let them stay in it because that just doesn't make sense. So let, let's talk about a scenario. So you reach out, you get the county data. I know a lot of the times when I'm reaching out to pre-foreclosure lists, you're catching them right as they go into pre-foreclosure versus like a week before they lose the house. So are you reaching out to somehow reaching out to the ones that you know are about to go to foreclosure? Are you just hitting the list and whether or not they're wherever they're at in their journey, you just follow up? So it's it's different everywhere. Uh, For judicial states, Typically, a lender has to file a notice of default with the county, and so you're 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 able to easier easier get pre foreclosure data. Right. But when on non judicial states, you're you're just seeing that final uh, foreclosure notice with an auction date, and that's when it kind of the race starts. But yeah, we're uh, we're exhausting both 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 areas, both opportunities when when there's the opportunity to do that. So yeah, because when I was at the family, um, I talked to some guy. That- that they specialize in also go t- uh, targeting uh, foreclosures. And he says that sometimes like he'll send mailers to uh, these people on this list for like 18 months, because sometimes they'll be able to catch it up, then they'll be able, then they'll go back into it. Sometimes it doesn't hit them until later. So when I first started marketing, I would just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I would just send out mail or text or whatever. And I would just try and hit people with like one massive blast. But are you saying that sometimes it requires like a consistent drip on these people? Like you got to be consistent whether or not instead of just one hit you got to keep it going consistently yeah 100 percent. and uh so you're right there's those people that come in and out of uh, pre-foreclosure all the time because they're catching up or they do something like sometimes they declare bankruptcy and kick the can down the road there's different components a lot of people game the system man a lot of people have been in foreclosure years and years and years yeah yeah 100 percent. and i ran the numbers and in our judicial state you know we're in a non-judicial state too but our judicial state where we get pre-foreclosures uh one in four go to foreclosure the other three don't so 75 percent of them don't actually go to foreclosure got it so but yeah all those numbers kind of help set expectations and and develop kind of your target and stuff so i'm really i'm really excited for you in the way you're you're marketing because when I've been at the family and I've been like networking with a lot of these guys that do a lot of marketing, a lot of the time, like what I'm hearing the most that like always works and like is a great lead source that a lot of people pinpoint is probate and pre-foreclosure. Like, but you master those. Right. And like the way that I was taught, it was just like pull a giant list, kind of like you were saying before and just blast it. And that can get you in a lot of trouble. It can get your marketing expenses super high. And uh, super high. 
yeah, that's when I went back to the model that I'm teaching like for, for newer beginners. And, but if as I don't really market right now, cause I just do the, the model I teach, but if I am to, you know, of again, go to market, it's, it's pretty much just those two. It's pre-foreclosure and probate. That's it. That's all I'm going to mess with. And I'm going to master right. it. Exactly. And that, that's what we've actually, we actually kind of have that on our pipeline is we will diversify to probate, but we would love to just be the, the, the niche niche specialist first with pre-foreclosure. And a lot of pre-foreclosures are already involved in probate processes that by nature we have to deal with and we have, but um, so, but yeah, I totally agree with you. That's the riches are in the niches, right? It really is, man. And I, I just feel I feel for the the newer investors that like get in like when we did the the mass marketing to the mass lit mass list like it's it's very expensive and it's it's requires tons of work because you produce a lot of leads. But what would you have to say to people that are brand new that are are trying that? Would would you give them any advice like don't do it, try something else? Like what's your opinion on that? So there's positives and negatives to everything. Like they're they're getting a lot of reps in. They're getting a lot of uh, strong reps in by doing that, right? Uh, but you know the 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 negatives are exactly what you said. You're dealing with a lot of unmotivated people, and that that gets exhausting. And so we've did that for almost three three and a half years, mm-hmm. and eventually we just got burned out by it. And that's, that's one reason we, we, we diversified is because we're like, I don't want to talk to another unmotivated human. That's going to be a six month conversion cycle. And they're going to like, you know, they're not actually motivated every conversation we have. Right. So the people that are doing that, I I think start small is better than start big. And there's no, there's no reason. A lot of people think mass means better and greater, but there's no reason to not want to dive deeper and and try to go that direction too. A lot of people think that they've exhausted something when they truly, truly haven't. And they have a lot more digging to do. I I agree with you hundred percent. So diving deeper versus wider is smarter, especially when you don't have a big marketing budget, right? Like even the guys that have giant marketing budgets that spend thousands and thousands, like 50,000, hundred thousand, they stay within a a relatively like not that large of an area. They sometimes just dominate a market and are known as the, the, the people to go to. So I think I was actually caught up in that. I went nationwide and dude, nationwide can really crush you just because like you have to learn a new market almost every time you get a new lead. It's very difficult. So, Oh yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, very stressful. So my suggestion for everybody watching that's new is dive deeper into where you're going instead of diving wider, going wider because it it can exhaust a lot of your resources and we don't want that for you guys. 100%. Chris is you're doing great off of your strategy of you know diving into pre foreclosures in a specific area and specific market and becoming the best at it. Yeah, man. So what uh what where can people go to learn more about your strategy and how to network and 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 chat with you if they want to learn more about your strategy? So uh well there's my Facebook profile the Chris Cates and uh, also you can catch me on Instagram same thing the Chris Cates and uh, we have a we have kind of a, a our own mastermind group it's called the Cashflow Collective happy to bring someone in and you know help them there as well uh, I know you have your your value add so if they're already hooked up with you they probably don't even need any of me but oh bro there's always love there's an, always enough to go around yeah if you, yeah. so cashflow is that your facebook group uh cashflow collective is the uh the mastermind group that we have the facebook group it, it's called the multifamily real estate group and so that's a 49,000 member group you're happy to join it you know we we've kind of diversified to 
focusing on cash flow uh, and, and how we feed that group and help people. So um, we probably should rename it at this point. We've talked about it, but uh, yeah. Three foreclosure experts. Yeah. <laughs> foreclosure could experts. That, could do that too. Foreclosure, kind of like sub two. Could yes. Yeah. Do it, <laughs> that's it. Well, hey, man, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with the audience that's listening right now? Any Anything, any gold nuggets? Um, just don't make it too hard on yourself. Uh, like it's, it's a lot easier than you think, but that ease is in listening to people like, like Nathan and what we're talking about here today. And so don't like a lot of people just make it too hard on themselves by getting inside their own head instead of just getting the reps in with the little things. Right. So I agree with you. I think focus, like whenever I interview anyone that's like made it or like even read books about people who have really developed great businesses, they're just like really focused, like elite, elite at focusing and, and saying no to other opportunities. And I think that's the biggest problem when you start as an entrepreneur, like, like you said, you let off the leash, you feel like everything's an opportunity, which actually helps you, doesn't help you at all. Right. hundred percent. All right. Yep, totally agree. All right, guys, we'll hit up Chris Cates at his Facebook, at his uh, Instagram or cash, uh, cash flow collective. What was it? Cash. Yep. Cash flow collective. There you go. Yep. Cash flow collective. Yep. All right, man. Well, it's a pleasure. And everybody that's watching, we will see you on the next episode of the Painless Flipping Podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course.